Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to BXB Bronx Baseball Podcast, where K-Mac and C-Mac talk about the team that plays baseball in the Bronx. You guessed it. And uh, they did win the series. But, of course, you know, with the chance to complete the sweep and really put a team down and bring themselves up and feel good about themselves going into a matchup against the first place, Texas Rangers. Domingo Herman has back-to-back terrible performances, setting all-time bad records as a Yankee starter. And here we are. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good, Keith. I'm good, I guess. I I agree with you. Last night was frustrating because of the exact reasons you just said. I mean, I, I'm one of these guys. I can put a 10 nothing loss behind me fairly quickly. I'm not one of, I don't let it bother me. I'd much rather lose like that than lose a heartbreaker where I feel like mistakes were made and leads were blown and stuff. But the thing that hurt was that the first two games, although the offense didn't explode, I thought the first two games were really good for this team. There was like I, we talked about how important the cold start was. Not only was he on his game, but he seemed angry. He's wagging the finger. There was like that moment where it was like, F you. And we haven't had that at all, the Yankees. So like you had that moment. They don't score a ton of runs, but they hit up Castillo a little bit, who killed them last year. They couldn't touch him. And they score enough runs to win that game. Brito comes up and pitches a really good game. And in a matchup, you thought, there's no way we're going to win a Castillo versus Brito matchup. And you win that game. Volpe hits a home run and all the offense didn't explode. They got like eight hits off of Kirby. It looked better. It felt better. And okay. Even if you lose that game, but to the third game and don't pull off the sweep, but to have that game be a laugher 
to play ugly defense in it, to have Josh Donaldson and the even the comments from the owner, to be quite honest with you, hanging over that game and the defensive miscues and uh, a, a IKF pitching again, just the whole field brought down the other two games. And that's what really sucks about it because I can put away – they won a series. I can put away a 10 nothing loss. Herman, again, is in a funk now, absolutely nothing. But they did it ugly, and it ruined the momentum that I really thought was starting to build with the first two games. That's what that's what really pissed me off about last night. Yeah, coming into this series with a four-game losing streak after being yeah. swept by your rivals in Fenway, you're looking forward to a six-game homestand. You're looking forward to them putting the pinstripes on and kind of getting right. And earlier in this week, I did, did give credit to the Yankees' decision makers for being available, being accountable, making themselves seen and heard. Um, Brian Cashman meeting the media on Tuesday. Uh, Aaron Boone doing his Talking Yanks appearance. And then Hal Steinbrenner making an appearance on the Michael K show. So, yeah, this team is in third place. This team is struggling without Judge, but they're not ducking the smoke. They are showing up. But be careful what you say, (laughs) you know, because you're feeding the media quotes and things that, like, after the first two games, it was all right. Because, like you said, we get a cold performance and we get a, a surprise performance out of Johnny Brito. And going into those two games, I'm like, this could be a five, six game losing streak yeah. against George Kirby and Luis Castillo. If these guys don't hit, we can't expect the pitching to hold up. But it did. And they were able to win those games, scoring three runs, four runs. Then you get a Domingo Herman performance where, you know, the guy was all over the place. He just didn't have his command right away. You knew it was going to be a long night. And unfortunately, with the Yankees, when they give up four runs in the first inning, it deflates the whole stadium, the whole fan base, because you're like, uh, these guys only average three runs a game. And then it deflates you even more to be no hit by a guy named Brian Wu, who no one had ever heard of, a guy who had like no uh, starts or appearances. Like I remember looking at his uh, baseball reference for this year. I'm like, what this guy is, he's made like three appearances out of the bullpen. Like, Is this a bullpen game? No. The Yankees' first time facing anyone, any starter, any reliever. The first time they see a guy, he's Cy Young. He's Nolan Ryan. He's, uh, you know, able to dominate and pitch a no-hitter through five innings. And then uh, these guys wilt behind Domingo, right? Domingo, I could tell, did not want to be out there. Um, I, you know, honestly turned the game off, and I just was listening to John and Susan and following on game day. I get frustrated, Um, and I have a baby in the house. And I have a wife that they don't they don't they don't care like I care. So I have to tone it down a little bit and uh, do things like not yell at the TV and not go on rants in my living room while my son is trying to have his bottle and come down for the night. So I didn't see Domingo do the like clapping into his glove until afterwards. And I just don't we don't need that. I don't think that he's a guy that can give it back to the fans booing him. The fans are also booing Josh Donaldson, who is now making errors, now making mistakes in the field on top of batting 127 and striking Mm -hmm. out. It is unfortunate, but it is one game. And I hope that they flush that one down the toilet, find some motivation and get ready for this Texas Rangers series because these guys can hit. These guys can pitch. They're in first place for a reason. And they've got a good manager. No, they do. And I think what we're learning about Herman is he's not one of these guys who can figure out on the fly. You know, Mike Messina would always talk about if I don't have this, if I don't have my knuckle curve, I got to make sure my slide is good or I'll have to battle through. He is showing if he does not have his breaking stuff, if, if Herman does not have his curveball, 
and not even throwing it for strikes necessarily. Just if he doesn't have good movement on it, he's not going to get through a game. He's just not, he's incapable when he's got good stuff. We've seen it. And for a while he went through a stretch. I think I just saw a little thing that you put out uh, on Twitter uh, through, through Odyssey that how consistent he's been. I mean, when we, the first episode we did going into the Red Sox series, I was like, I felt good about Herman on the mound because at the time him and Cole have been the two best pitchers. So when he's got it going well, he can dominate. But he is not the kind of guy who can battle through. And what's frustrating about it is now both times that he has struggled, it's almost as if the team doesn't care. Like yeah. they they fall behind because both the, Glaber Torres blew a double play in Boston that could have got him out of an inning. The Yankees are throwing the ball around last night. Donaldson can't pick up a little squibber and then throws it past Herman. Uh, Rizzo inexplicably doesn't try and get in front of the e. I know he's trying to get it before it goes foul, but those are plays that just. I mean, it's not. It's they got to be made. These guys are the, veterans. Yeah, it's <laughs> not the. It's not the difference in winning and losing. They were losing last night, but it's almost as if. You know, they're all, hey, listen, it's one of those nights. I'm allowed to say that. Rizzo and Donaldson can't. And they need to mm. go out there and make these plays and help out their pitchers. Because you know what? That might save an appearance for a bullpen guy that they need tonight. You know, that 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 gets you out of an inning where you don't have to use an arm that can help you in the next series. Everything plays into itself. And everything is everything, everything matters. And it, it seems like there are times here where the, the, the lackadaisical play in blowouts really annoys you because, you know, you want to make sure you play sharp baseball. And it's it's frustrating, but you're right. I For me, it's easy to flush the game. I still think it's a positive they won the series. Uh, you know, they're an underachieving Seattle team, but they're still a very talented team. They've had trouble scoring runs themselves, but the Yankees, for the most part, pitched well in the series. They scored enough runs. There were some moments to me that stuck out in the series that hopefully you can build on. Uh, Clay Holmes with another dominant performance. You hope he's really on his way to, to putting together a good stretch. And they head into the series against, yeah, a very, a very good Texas team that I think has a chip on their shoulder because I remember here in New York with the, with the Mets when DeGrom – went to Texas, the thought was, I guess he doesn't care about winning. He's going to not go to the Mets. <laughs> instead of instead of signing with the Mets and having a chance to win, he's going to go play for that 100-loss Texas team. Well, they signed Nathan Avaldi. They signed a bunch of different guys, and this offense is mashing from top to bottom, and they're pitching excellent. So this is a tough series. They're going to have tough matchups in this series. You are going to get Cole at the back end of it, but Clark Schmidt, uh, is going to have to pitch. We're going to see Severino again. So this is a tough three-game set. I'm glad they won the last last series. I can flush this last loss. But it's still the same story. It's still Stanton. It's still Rizzo. It's still LeMahieu. It's still Donaldson. As you saw in this series, Bowers hits home runs. He, he's doing a nice job for who he is. McKinney, again, big hits. Uh, he's done a nice job for who he is. He's not supposed to be the driving force of the team and the middle of this lineup is just awful. And LeMahieu had a couple days off and looked as bad as ever last night. So I don't know. It, it's got to turn around. Shouldn't have had him leading off. When I saw I that lineup, the first well, thing I thought about was Jake Bowers. He's been decent yeah. leading off. And yeah. I understand you want to get standing in right field, but That's DJ it. is not a leadoff hitter anymore. Right. And when I, I understand giving him opportunities after two days off and trying yeah. to get that old thing back that we had with him leading off. But yeah. he is in a way right now that yeah. is the worst way of his career. His strikeouts, just, you know, the, the the light ground outs. And he finally showed some emotion. The machine, right? The nickname The yeah. Machine came from him being automatic with runners in scoring position, but also him being machine-like. 
not having any emotions, not showing any emotions. He showed us last night. Um, Here's something else for you as I'm talking about the quotes and the guys meeting the media. Right. I heard I heard Cashman say, you know, he's 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 good with their care or he likes their care. And when I heard that, like uh, their care level. Didn't look like they cared last night. We Did shouldn't not. be making it a habit of IKF pitching. That guy cares. IKF is ready to pitch. IKF is ready to hit. IKF is ready to play the outfield. IKF is just ready on the bench and happy that he's not the whipping boy anymore and he's not getting booed. Also with Boone, always talking about the compete level. The, their compete level was there. It wasn't there last night. So when you see a team like, you know, wilt behind the fact that Domingo Herman can't get it done and everyone knows what's happening, four runs, we don't expect you to score four runs. Right. And Domingo, hey, Domingo, you're out there. Figure it out because we've got a game against the Rangers. We're going to need to save the bullpen. It's literally like they didn't care. It is it's literally like they didn't compete to the highest level. They got no hit. They were committing errors. And the only guy that was able to break up the, uh, you know, scoreless um, in the in the ninth, you know, IKF. to stop it from being a 10, a 10, nothing shutout was IKF. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H track, all wheel drive and three row seating. My whole family can head deep into the wild, conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The first pitcher to hit home run since 1973. It's New it's, Otani. It's, I know. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's tough. to. I think that just to get back to the DJ argument for a second, I think they're trying to get him fastballs hitting them lead off. I, I, don't, I wouldn't like to see him hit there too, but I think that's what they're thinking. Let's put him at the top. With uh, you know our supposed best hitters in front of him, see if we can get him some fastballs. You don't want to walk the leadoff hitter, uh, so I think that's the thought process. I don't know if I agree with it because yeah, I mean right now he's not the kind of guy you want up more than anybody else. But I think right. that's probably that's probably the thought process is get him some fastballs. But um, it's yeah, it's it's a mess, and I mean we could talk about the the quotes from the owner that's really got everybody in a stir or whether or not Cashman's talking about compete levels. You know what managers say, because let's be honest, we can all hate Boone and we can hate his nonsense. We don't, we hate losing. We hate losing. Find me a manager who's really good in a losing press conference. They don't, they don't, they don't exist. They say the same things. Everyone says the same things. I like what we did out there. Buck Showalter is literally, I'm proud of the guys after they got swept by Atlanta. <laughs> like this is, this is the manager of today. The days of, you know, of Billy Martin and, and, you know, Whitey Herzog and the different guys going out there and lighting a fire under the team by calling them terrible are, are the way of the dodo. We don't have to like it. It's just what it is. So I don't know why we get hung up on it, but I, it's frustrating to hear as you watch some of the slop they've put forward and he's trying to tell you, well, you know, yeah, I mean, it's a game that's ain't nothing. DJ, uh, you know, Donaldson's an excellent third baseman. These things happen. 
it's it's frustrating to watch though and 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 obviously that's something that this entire yankee from owner down don't understand that how much this fan base having not won since 09 permeates everything it permeates every day we we're so hung up and we hate so much that they haven't been successful for so long that we tolerate very little in the ways of losing and and but so it's it's frustrating because like i don't like the comments made by the owner but i get them on this aspect of like because i try and make the argument sometimes well you know last year the first half in june and may and the yankees were the best team in baseball you compare them to the 1998 yankees in this and i can't get the words out of my mouth before a caller will tell me shut up chris we don't care about the regular (laughs) season it doesn't matter what they do in june and then the and so the owner's like, well, you know, no matter what we do, no one cares what we do in June. So why are you so upset? It's June. It's it's a matter of what we do in the postseason. I get that. And it came out terribly. And it's a stupid thing to say. I don't understand why they're upset. You're in third place. Like you're not playing well. You're in third place, and it seems like you have one player on the team that affects everything. Of course, the yep. fan base isn't happy. It's you 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 have a two hundred ninety million dollar payroll, and if you lose one guy, you look like the worst team in baseball. What do you expect the fan base to do? But I understand his point that you've told me all it is is about championships and winning. Because when we win a hundred games and win a division, no one pats me on the back for a good June. So why are we all upset in June now? Let's see what we do in the postseason. We're not healthy. We had the we had a, one of the best Mays in baseball. We're struggling. Let's get through it and see where we are in the postseason. That's pretty much what the owner told you. But everything's so amplified because we're all pissed off that last year ended the way it ended, the year before that ended the way it ended, and all the years all the way dating back to 09 ended the way they've ended. So there's nothing he could say, nothing anyone could say. The players on the field have to play better. And there's a there's a level they're capable of that is far superior than the level they're playing at. I, I refuse to believe otherwise. I just do. Stanton's got to come through. You know, Rizzo's got to come through. LeMahieu, if LeMahieu is going to be a 200 hitter, they're not going to win. Like it's that simple. Yeah. I so we got to, Hal- they got to start turning around now. I think Hal Steinbrenner's comments were an attempt to deflect and to kind of brush it off. Like, oh, yeah, you know, it's June. And I don't know why they're so upset in the third week of June. He knows. He knows yeah. the same way Cashman knows that, you know, how far did we get last year? Uh, you got swept in the ALCS. We know you're one of the last four teams standing, but you couldn't get a game. You couldn't win a game, and you were eliminated by the same team that has eliminated you uh, four times since 2015's wild card game. So I think they try to deflect. I think they try to calm people down with this air of like, ah, you're, right. you know, what are they, what are they overreacting about? Ah, they're, you know, they're upset <laughs> for what? You know, we got time. We're not healthy. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. get healthy. It's gonna be all right. But for the Yankee fan that has seen this time and time again, we're like, no, th- this is the same thing. These are signs pointing to a failure. These are signs pointing to you not being able to uh, get to October and make a run. So, you know, we don't believe it. And it's the type of thing I keep using the quote. I had a, a football coach that, um, you know, he used to say this to, you know, some of the kids like, uh, you know, you were partying last night and uh, you come in and you smell a little hungover or something and, you, you know, the coach is like, hey, what were you doing last night? Uh, nothing, coach. I was home studying. And he would say, uh, don't piss on my leg and tell me that it's raining. Right. And that's the phrase that I've been using with the Yankees because yeah. they'll literally piss on your leg. And you're yeah. looking at them like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, it's raining. 
No, it's not. You're pissing on my leg. That's why I'm upset. That's why I'm mad. I get it. I get it. And and listen, we shouldn't be happy. The 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 fans should be upset right now. The product they've given you is for the last three weeks, and obviously, again, dating back, um, has not been good enough. But I feel like there were some comments that kind of went unnoticed. And I know he didn't use the strongest possible terms for it, but for the first time ever, at least I can remember. Uh, the owner honestly openly talked about that there will be some unhappiness with him in Brian Cashman if they don't make the playoffs. Certainly, that was the question. He was uh, Michael K did the interview and he was taking questions from his audience, whatever. And one of them was like, "If the team doesn't make the playoffs, will you be unhappy?" Pretty much. And he's like, "Not only that, if we're healthy and we don't do well in the playoffs, I'm going to start asking some serious questions. And if we don't make the playoffs and we're healthy, forget about it. I'll really start asking some serious questions. So, I mean, I understand serious questions isn't the wording you're looking for. You're looking for heads will roll or right. whatever. But at least for the first time publicly, he has indicated, I have expectations that I will start to like ask why they haven't been accomplished if things go down this season. Again, not strong words, and I'm not expecting Brian Cashman to be fired, but at least, you know, as opposed to how he feels about the fan base, the real problem with this team, and you just mentioned it, is the idea of accountability. Like, they feel like Brian Cashman isn't held accountable. Aaron Boone isn't held accountable. That They can lose, and it's okay, and, you know, as long as the ballpark is full and I'm selling the hot dogs, and that's the perception. Whether it's true or not, and obviously some of it is true, I think people take it too far, but the idea is it's a business. The business is doing great. As long as we make the playoffs and make money, everything's fine, and no one's held accountable. Well, at least for the first time, and again, not the strongest possible terms, but at least he recognized and pointed out maybe that's changing. And it should it, it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't take all of this for him to finally acknowledge I'm gonna ask some tough questions. So don't get me wrong, I'm not pleased that he finally said it, but he did finally say it. Like at least there's some idea that uh, this can't go on forever. We can't just make the playoffs with Brian Cashman over and over again. As much as I'll tell you we take it for granted at times, it's gotta result in winning or what are we doing here? So at least he did acknowledge that while he was saying other stupid things. But, you know, I don't know what I expect from them. I expect better on the field. I don't expect them to win press conferences. Yeah. And I I mean, we can talk forever about what they said, what happened um, with, with how saying that. I think that was just a peek inside for people to realize that it isn't just, OK, he trusts Cashman and he just lets Cashman do whatever he wants. He's the owner. And since his father hired Cashman, uh, you know, Cashman is a Steinbrenner, essentially like a family member that he just 100 percent trusts. I, if they miss the playoffs this year, there should be some tough questions. And the tough question shouldn't be like, hey, Cash, do you plan on working this job until you're 65 headed into retirement? No. Like it should be like, yo, what happened? Why? Mm-hmm. Why did we make that trade for Josh Donaldson? IKF ended up being the prize in that trade. Didn't we like, come on, we, we didn't we have other options Didn't we have other things that we could do. You wanted to get Gary Sanchez out of here so bad. Gary Sanchez now is hitting bombs for the Padres. Uh, I put that more on the Mets. He didn't hit one home run for the Mets, but now he's got seven home runs for the Padres in a three run shot yesterday. I'm like, how come you guys couldn't get that out of him? But uh, he, neither, neither <laughs> could the twin, neither could the twins last year. And that, and we talked about this a little bit with Hicks. I know he's going well. This had nothing to do with adjustments. And, and if Donaldson were to get cut and picked up somewhere else and hit I, I, again, this is just it's Dylan Lawson's fault. Fire the I, hitting coach. Exactly. He couldn't fix Volpe and Austin Wells did. 
<laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. The Hicks is Hicks and Sanchez are performing better because they're not weighed down by forty thousand people booing their every move. I mean, Even Yankee fans on the road booing them. Yeah, that's, <laughs> just, that's, that's just the way it is. And I'm not saying we should change how we act. This is who we are. And that's what makes Yankee, being a Yankee special. And some guys thrive in it, too. Some guys, I know we don't want to admit it because we hate everything they do at the moment. But there are plenty <laughs> of guys. There are plenty of guys who come here and have the best years of their career, too. Yep. I mean, it's not it's not just the other way around, but there are a handful of guys, the Sonny Grays, the Gallows, we're learning now Hicks and even Sanchez. There are guys with talent who wilt under the pressure and will perform the minute they have a different uniform on their back. Chris just, Carter. It's always been that way. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Carter. But there's also the voice of the world and the Matt Carpenter. Don't take a look at Gio how he's Urshella, doing in, Mike don't look at how he's doing in San Diego. Yeah, Mike Talkman. Mike Cameron dusted off mothballs, taking them to a division title in 19. There's plenty of examples of guys who've come here and played the best ball of their career. But there are guys who just can't cut it. And the Yankees need to recognize that a whole lot earlier than they've been recognizing it. Like that's that's part of the problem too. They give these guys way too much rope when it should be obvious. Like I've been a big proponent of ha- thinking Donaldson was going to have a bounce back year. It's not happening. I was wrong. They're wrong. It's time to recognize the error. I mean, I don't know that he's going to get a few more weeks, but. I mean, it's a large sample size now. He's been a Yankee for a full season. He's played, including injuries and everything. It's about 160 games he's played. He's been awful. Besides, you know, a decent amount of home runs, he's awful. And there's only there's only so much you can take of watching someone. And it's unfair because when you're his age, you're done. When you're 26, it's a terrible slump. When you're 36, you're done. But he's at he's at the age he's at. He's playing the way he's playing, and he can't continue to be in the middle of the lineup dragging everything down. So decisions are going to have to be made. And but right now, that's that's a macro conversation. The micro conversation is they're about to play the best team in the West, and that division has the Houston Astros in it, and they got to figure out a way to continue this role and win two out of three. It's very important. They can't go back and, and let last night roll into another bad series against Texas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think you meant to say Cameron Maven. You said Mike Cameron in 2019. Shout out oh, to Mike sorry, Cameron, Cameron, though. Maven, yeah. Cameron Maven. <laughs> Cameron, Cameron Maven. Maven hug yeah, season. Cameron, yeah. <laughs> no, Cameron Maven came here, was robbing home runs, hitting home runs, and yeah. people thought his career was done. Um, he relished the fact that he got to play for the New York Yankees. He turned that into a broadcast job with the Yankees last year, where I was like, this guy's not a Yankee. He shouldn't be in the booth. But he was actually all right, and uh, now he's with the – Tigers, where he rightfully should be yeah, calling more, games for the Tigers. He's much more Tigers. of a Detroit Tiger. All right, so as we look into this weekend, Derek Jeter, bobblehead night, a little bit of showers as I took the train in today, a little bit of rain. 
I forgot my umbrella, of course. Um, hopefully I can, you know, walk home in the rain and uh, not be too wet or just miss the rain. Hopefully the rain passes. But uh, after the game last night, I'm like, baseball gods and mother nature, please rain us out because I am scared. Corey Seager is playing out of his mind right now. Corey Seager is a guy that grew up a Yankee fan, parents Yankee fans, and uh, the Yankees didn't even give him a call when he was available two years ago. Mm -hmm. Marcus Simeon is another guy who's tearing the cover off the ball. Those two guys are most likely going to start the uh, for the AL in the All-Star game in the middle infield. Um, Ezekiel Duran is a name that Yankee fans may remember. He was in the Joey Gallo trade. If you look at him now, he's a pro ball player. He's in the show. And, um, you know, I, I got to look at the pitching matchups, but I think we're slated to face Dane Dunning. Yeah, that it's uh, tonight. Dunning Schmidt tonight. Yeah. And then um, John Gray on Saturday with Luis Severino going for us. Right. And, and then, then it's I think TBD. It's, but will that yeah. be Nate Valdi versus Garrett Cole? I hope not. I hope not, too. <laughs> I mean, Former Yankee. Nasty yeah, Nate. There's another guy who performed better everywhere else he was than the New York Yankees. Yeah, it's uh, happened. But, it's a pattern. It's And I hate yeah. to say this, and I don't mean to cut you it off, no. but guys have spoken on it, right? Like, even Lance Lynn, who was here for a little while and then became an all-star with the White Sox, Sonny Gray, he said when he was here with, with Larry Rothschild, they didn't have the advanced uh, machines and data and things that he needed, and they wanted him to pitch a certain way that he didn't necessarily want to pitch, so it didn't work. But then when he went to Cincinnati, he got right. Now he's pretty decent with Minnesota. But it's unfortunate when you hear players were in New York with all the resources that we have in New York, and they didn't get what they needed to be successful here in the Bronx. And I get this feeling as I watch the Yankees that these guys don't necessarily get coached up that hard. They get thrown out there. They're professionals. And I know it's not Little League. But you do need tweaks. You do need coaching. And that's why so many people are pointing at, hey, how come Aaron Hicks got right? It has way more to do with the fact that he changed his number. And when he goes up to bat with number 34 for the Baltimore Orioles, majority of the people in the ballpark don't know who he is. But when he came up wearing 31 for the Yankees, boo. I've been in the stadium. People, come on, Hicks. Get it together. Do something. Don't strike out. You suck. No, I, I agree, but I mean, for every, I, but I just think then who's coaching Bowers, who hasn't been able to stay on a major league team his whole career and has a one thirty OPS plus, or you know who's uh, McKinney, who was a top draft pick and couldn't latch on everywhere, having a, a nice little run with the Yankees. I mean, there's there's coach, there's guys who like. For me, Rizzo's in the worst slump of his career. That's not about bat hitting coaches. Stanton is in his normal malaise recovering from an injury. That's not about the hitting coach. I mean, the real reasons that this team is losing is the other core members of this team have not just been bad. They've been playing the worst baseball of their career. I mean, that's that's literally where we are. Rizzo's in a slump. I know he's kind of gotten out of it. He had a decent Seattle series. He had the three-hit game to open the series. He's he's starting to come out of it a little bit. But, I mean, he just went through a stretch, the worst of his career. Stanton's in under 100 since he's come back. DJ uh, LeMahieu is in the worst hitting slump of his career. Josh Donaldson has the lowest batting average of his career. I mean, these guys aren't just in slumps. They are playing the worst baseball of their career all of them at the same time, the most important Yankees who aren't named judge uh, besides Glaber Torres, who he still has his moments where he has no idea what's going on in the base pad. Yeah, what field. was that, bro? I, I that have no idea. Me off. I, I know. I, it just you can't continues. do that against Luis Castillo. Any ace, 
You can't give them extra outs. When I saw Glaber, at first yeah. I thought that he – I don't know what he was thinking because I I can't even think what he thinks because yeah. it makes my brain hurt. I'm like, yeah. there's no way that no. ball gets popped up to shallow right field. Yeah. Teoscar Hernandez is a pretty good athlete, and it's there's not that much space to cover out there anyway. How do mm. you run into a double play? Yeah. He didn't know how many outs there were. No, He had to have not known how many outs there were. Uh, it couldn't have been a thing where he thought the ball just, was going to yeah. drop. I mean, I, I don't know, but it's a mistake you can't make. He's a professional base player, baseball player. He cannot make those mistakes. You have to be able to read that ball. If you don't get – I know they're, they're trying to do too much. I think part of it is trying to make sure he gets the third. You, you, you can't do that. You just can't do it. You can't make those kind of mistakes, and he continues to do it week in, week out, series in, series out. He's also he's also the only one spraying the ball around the the, the yard, though. Like he comes with the and he breaks the no hitter last night. He is I know one of the better hitters. But he's no he doubt is, he's having one of his better he years is in the brain last dead. It is I know. miraculous. Even in a win, he does something that makes everybody say, "Come on, Glaber." I know. I know he's very frustrating to watch. And that's why I think we talked about on the last episode. He's an interesting piece to see what happens. I don't think they would trade him at this deadline because they're so strapped up for offense. And, you know, he's literally doing interviews before the game with Meredith talking about, about the all-star game. wants to be all-star and he's going to hit the home run derby. So everything's great with Glaber Torres, but oh, I don't know goodness. with the, the state of the offense currently, I don't think you can trade him unless you're going to get better offensively. And I just can't, I can't see how that works, but. And clearly so, they don't love Peraza. So they're like, yeah, they're not, they're not going to trade. I know. And I guess now, and, and that's the other comments, like Cashman kind of made it seem that not only would he not, you know, they're not going to do the Volpe swap, which we talked about with Peraza, but it's almost as if, yeah, no, Peraza's not getting called up. We're going to let Peraza finish his development. And it's like, he was up last year. Yeah. Then why'd you do that to that kid last year? Why'd you put him in the ALCS last year? He's been up in points this year. He, he was better last year. He struggled offensively this year in the brief, brief, brief time he was up, but he's been up a couple times. If he's killing, I know he's been out of the lineup. I don't know if he's hurt. I heard it's it's either hurt or an illness. I don't know if he's just sick. You know, he's got the flu for a couple of days, but he's been out of the lineup the last couple of days. Um, I don't know why they would hesitate to call him up. One, they've already called him up. And two, he's got far more seasoning, far more seasoning than their current starting shortstop, who they had no problem they giving the keys him. of the kingdom to. Yeah, so I, I, that, was the best marketing play of the yeah, offseason into mean, opening day. It's either that or they, I think they, if they don't, I think they're trying to move them. And that's the same thing with like Floreal too. Like, cause to me, it makes no sense what they're doing with Cabrera. Like they're sending Cabrera down because he's not hitting. Send him down to AAA, get him some at-bats, work on some stuff, and then call him back up. I understand there are injuries, but you're playing this yo-yo game with him just to be a bench player. Like, How's that going to help Cabrera get any better having him on the bench? Send him down, bring up somebody else. Why not call up Floreal? He's killing it in the in AAA. We know that he's, he's limited offensively. That's what he's shown in the major league level. But he's a talented outfielder. It's a bench role anyway. You, you obviously like Cabrera better. Go send Cabrera down. Let him stay down there. Work on some stuff get some regular at bats he's not doing anything up here that's going to help him get any better so and so that it leads me to the Oz, like those are the two chips maybe they're looking to trade at the deadline and they want florial and triple a putting up these numbers instead of up here not doing anything if they're going to try and trade him same thing with peraza call up peraza and maybe he struggles why he's hitting a he's he's uh you know setting the world on fire on triple a let's let him just do that as we try to shed him and, and get as much value for him as we can so like that's my thought process is both these kids might be uh because there's no other reason not to call them up i think both of them 
you know, it's almost getting to the point where Peraza should be up. I don't understand why Cashman's saying we're not doing that. He needs further seasoning. No, he doesn't. He's had plenty of time in AAA, and he's killing it. And Floreal, instead of Cabrera letting Cabrera go down and work, he's letting Floreal just go. I like. I think they're letting these guys showcase themselves leg, in AAA. They're pissing on your leg, bro. Yeah, no, I understand <laughs> that. But you know, if they if if they go out and trade for a fire extinguisher, I'll be okay. But like, I, I that's what I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't. I don't. They're, it's it's hard to figure out what they're gonna do. But we'll we'll see. But um, I'm looking forward to this series. Texas is a good team. It's going to be a good test. And this offense is going to have to wake up. I like Stanton playing the outfield. I think that helps him offensively as well. So hopefully that continues. Hopefully that wasn't just a one-game thing to shut us all up, and then they go right back to putting him at DH every night. So hopefully that is uh, something that continues. And, you know, DJ LeMahieu has got to get better. These guys just got to start getting better because, I mean, I guess we got word judges swimming. Judge is allowed to walk on water, in walk pool. in water. Yeah, He's judge is in the pool. Baseball activities. He's it's working funny on it. You went there. That's how I was going to wrap this up on a positive. He's working note. on balance. <laughs> He's working on balance. He's in the pool. So I mean, hopefully he's two or three weeks away at the max, and they can just keep their head above water. No pun intended for the next three weeks. Yeah, here comes the judge. We hope, um, but I still think that they're going to take their time with him, and it's going to be after the All Star break because. He's expensive. He's valuable. He's yeah. the whole team. And I think uh, they should. I don't think he should play. I'm fine with that no, too. No pain. He. I don't want to. I don't want him to have a nagging. I don't want eighty percent a judge. I want a full judge. If it takes an extra two weeks, then let they're it. They're expecting him to come back and carry this team. He's going to. So I want to. him to be fully healthy and ready yep. to do so. I don't want any I excuses completely. when he comes back. Uh, we rush judge back. Judge isn't right. And we're expecting him to be Superman, and, and he's still feeling that toe a little bit. So. Completely agree. I, I want no pain in that toe, and then he can come play. All right, folks. That's another episode. BXB Bronx Baseball. Uh, we've got this series in the Bronx with the Texas Rangers. And then the Yankees get to go on the road and face two of the worst teams in baseball, the Oakland Athletics and the St. Louis Cardinals. If they don't get right on the road, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, we'll be back with another episode, possibly Monday. So- after this three-game set with Bruce Bochy's Texas Rangers. Subscribe to the pod. Tell your Yankee fan friends that we do this pod. C-Mac and K-Mac on BXB. That's all we've got. We'll talk to you soon.